Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Howdy ho, good neighbor. Hi, friends. How are you this week? Ashley and I are in full hair and makeup because we just had a pitch meeting. Work from home, mom life, I guess. What a world. We have got a great show for you today. We are going to be talking to Nietzsche Levy of Alchemy 43, all about facial injectables and having some little tweaks and fixer uppers done to your face. You know we're that kind of bitch, guys. Yeah. You know it. Yeah. If you didn't know it, you haven't been listening enough. Exactly. How do we stay 25 forever? Or at least looking like we're trying. And then we are talking video games. Should you play them with your kids? How do you feel about them? What's going on? And as always, we have our hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, small child. The pitch and the shit. So last week was mine and Matt's birthday. Isn't it so weird that you and Matt and me and Lee have back-to-back birthdays? The weirdest. And also, I have always been that bitch that's like, the whole month of September is my birthday. So when I met Matt and thought, oh my God, I'm going to have to share my birthday with this guy, I kind of didn't like it. But actually, now I really love it. I'm sharing my birthday with my best friend. It's a joint party if I want it to be. Also, our anniversaries are around the same time, too. Yes. Mine's October 10th. Mine's October 4th. You know, it's also weird. My parents and Matt's parents' anniversary is two days apart and all our birthdays are in the same time. Guys, QAnon. Like what? So last week we went to Nashville. I had a really nice time. I got to spend some time with Matt. I got to do stuff on my own. I treated myself to what might be the best massage I've ever, ever, ever had in my entire life. How was massage pricing in Nashville versus massage pricing here? Same. It was a lot. I treated myself. Yeah, treat yourself, girl. We deserve it. I was given a gift card. I used some of that. The spa was beautiful. Beautiful. It was clean. It was a luxury experience. But then they asked me, do you care about a female or male practitioner? And I was like, yeah, I don't really care. It doesn't matter. On one hand, a male makes me feel a little unsafe. But on the other hand, they tend to be a little stronger. Their hands are bigger. Yes. So Milton was my practitioner. What a professional name for a professional guy. He had to be like 6'5". Definitely looked like at one point he could have played in the NFL. And this guy was just like a a big old teddy bear, but you know, you're butt naked. I told him my sciatica is acting up and he was like, all right, I got you. The massage is going really nice, really relaxing because I like a nice relaxing massage where I'm like drifting off even though I'm totally awake. Not me, girl, not me. Well, you'd love Milton because he got down to my sciatica. I swear to God, this guy, he had me in pretzel shapes. Matt got so upset when I told him about it. He's like, oh yeah, Milton, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, Matt, Milton could have taken a full, deep, 
look at what my labia looks like. And he was so conscious of covering me up and being just a lovely, lovely man. So really, it was such a nice trip. Nashville is a weird city. It's nice, but it's weird. I got home. My kid was excited to see me, which was lovely. And then Sunday, I was ready, man. Going from two weeks in Hawaii, then a week, and then Nashville. This is such a humble brag. This is such a carry. Oh, my life. Do it, girl. Do it. I was out of whack. So this Sunday, I did a deep cleaning. I was organizing so that I felt like I could really hit life. Like, really, yesterday, get to life, get work done, get things done. And I got to tell you, I'm in a really good mind space. I'm not even going to give you a shits because I'm in such a good mind space. You're just vortexing. That's what I'm hoping for, man. I have my crystal, whatever this kind of crystal is. It's supposed to be for creativity that has a little thumb thing. I was rubbing it during our pitch meeting. <laughs> we are all the things. <laughs> Crazy is certainly one of them. Definitely. That might be the first thing. Number one. What's yours? So I'll start with my shits, which is I love decorating for Halloween. Who doesn't? We consider it our month because Luna is born right before Halloween. She's like a goth kid, kind of. She's really leaning into it. She wants to be a ghost when she grows up. I can't wait till she starts listening to Good Charlotte and Sum 41. <laughs> oh boy. I guess that's not really goth. That's more emo. Let's do like OG goth. Elliot Smith. Yeah. That kind of thing. So I last year saw a bunch of people in our neighborhood had these white ghosts holding hands and their heads light up and it's very creepy. They're like ghost witches. So I got them this year and I have them. We have a big cratchety old tree in the front. Move to the suburbs. Be like everyone else around you. So I got these three witches. They're white witches. They don't have faces. They're just white downed. Uh huh. Holding hands and I put them around my tree. Creepy as fuck. It's creepy and their heads glow in the dark when it gets dark. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. My UPS guy as well as some other people have been doing a double take at it. And I thought, oh, it's because it's extra creepy. I was on the phone with Valerie and I said, hey, Val, people keep doing a double take. Why do you think it is? And I showed her and she goes, from the deep south, I'm going to tell you this looks like KKK lynching. Looks like they're looking up at a tree for lynching. And I go, but don't they have pointy hats? She goes, not all KKK wear pointy hats. And I was like, oh my God. So now I have to add a cauldron or some bats or something to the tree so that it does not look like I'm celebrating lynching. Listen, you know Teffy from TikTok? Yes. Taffy did some video where she was addressing this whole Michaela influencer scandal. Little background for everyone who doesn't know Michaela, our favorite Boston makeup artist, influencer. Some video came out where she was complaining about working hard. Really, I don't understand why anyone's upset about it, but that's besides the point. So Taffy was addressing this and she mentioned lizard people and someone responded in her comments and was like, hey, just so you know, lizard people is rooted in anti-Semitism. I have to tell you, as somebody who is obsessed with with PR crisis management. Her response was so good. It was David Letterman addressing his scandal good. She literally went, what? How did I not know this? What? Hold on, let me go on Google. And I was like, that is how you address someone calling you out on some shit you didn't even realize because we all do it. I'm a Jew. I didn't know lizard people were rooted in anti-Semitism. I had no fucking idea. Also, I think you should ask your people who look at it because I'm curious. That would never occur to me looking at that either. I don't think I would have ever been like, ooh, that looks a little racist. But my shits are that I didn't realize that I accidentally maybe offended and I have to fix it now, which is not a shits. It's just the reality. Well, it is a shits because the last thing any of us want is to offend somebody. We're not those kinds of people. We're not sitting here trying to be like, ooh, let's stir the racist pot with Halloween decorations. Yeah, no, thank you. My tits are, my kid is in probably the best phase she has ever been in. Ooh. And dare I even say it out loud because it will change, but she is a joy. She is a joy. She's rolling with the punches. She's impromptu 
handling things well. She's saying I love you out of nowhere in the middle Aww. of the day. She was doing super kind actions and thoughtful actions. She's just in, Lee agrees, one of the best phases. She's taken dance lessons. I have never been so impressed. I saw the pictures. She is a natural ballet dancer. I was Aww. not. She goes, I want to dance every day. It makes me feel like myself. So that's my tits. And that we're vortexing. We just had a great meeting. I'm making strides with my book that I'm writing. Life is good, guys. What a good one. All right. Up next, Nikki Levy. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. You guys know that we love talking about beauty and face work, and we have even dabbled in our own treatments here and there. Who can forget Carrie's nose job that we had to hear about for 6,000 episodes? Aren't you proud of me that I haven't talked about it that much lately? So proud. She's like, that reminds me. She's looking good. It looks great. Anyway, back to the segment. We're a little scared of looking like we went, quote unquote, too far. So here to answer all of our questions and give us some much needed insight is mother and founder and see. CEO of Alchemy 43 in both New York City and LA, Nikki Levy. Welcome, Nikki. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. We have so many questions for you. We have a bevy of questions. Let's just be real. What are services that you would consider non-invasive micro-treatments? So for me, it's the services that require minimal time and effort, minimal recovery and downtime, and give maximum and optimal results. For me, that includes treatments like Botox and fillers, depending on the type of filler treatment you're getting, it may or may not be a little bit more invasive. And then things like microneedling, laser hair removal, skin tightening, body contouring. Those are all things that you can do in a normal day and be able to more or less get on with your day afterwards. And to me, that signals non-invasive. You don't have to go to sleep or go on any medication prior to having these services done either. So that's another qualifier for me. This is a super basic question, but we're super basic bitches sometimes. What is the difference between Botox, Juve, and fillers. Now, I've had two different kinds of Botox, dry sport and then something else. There are some different products on the market now that are considered neuromodulators like Botox, but are different brands. Juvederm is a hyaluronic acid-based filler, typically used to enhance and augment features like your lips. It also fills deeper, plain wrinkles and lines. Nasolabial folds? Yes, the nasolabial folds, aka parentheses around the mouth. A lot of times it's used for lower face rejuvenation as well. So the little indents around your chin, it can be used to enhance and augment your chin. It can also be used to give you a more snatched jawline. And then my favorite area for Juvederm or fillers is cheek. Now what Zac Efron had done to his jaw, that's not Juvederm. No, that was reconstructive surgery. Leave Zac alone. Okay. Leave him alone. When they talk about things migrating in your face, that's filler. Yes. The word migrating is typically associated with filler. Okay. Essentially Botox and fillers, and we use the word Botox because Botox is the name brand, but there are a lot of different other products on the market 
market as well that are in that same category. Both of them are essentially liquids that are injected into your face. There's a chance of migration with all things that you're injecting into your face, but in the right hands with the right medical professional providing these services, the risks are very minimal and the side effect profile is very, very low. That's why they say when you get Botox, you shouldn't go upside down because it could also migrate. A lot of that stuff doesn't have clinical data that backs it up. And so over the years, people have come up with things, hey, don't work out for the first 24 hours or don't lie down flat within four hours of treatment. There isn't a lot of clinical proof that shows there's any danger in that. But in the vein of wanting to be super careful and conservative, why not follow the rules? How often should people be doing Botox or a filler? They're quite different. And I can get as sciencey and nerdy as you want me to get on the function and how these medicines, because they are medications, actually work. But Botox is FDA approved for up to four months. And most of the other products, Dysport, Juvo, they have a similar duration. So they are approved to last about four months. We don't like to recommend people get them more frequently than every three months because you can actually build up a tolerance if you get it too often, which means it won't work on you anymore and you don't want that. God forbid! Exactly. So we recommend a three to four month cadence. So coming once a quarter is a great regimen to be on for Botox. Fillers actually do last a little bit longer. They have different durations as well, but most fillers, it's FDA approved to last up to 12 months. But with that one, we like to say come a little more often than that only because it very gradually degrades in the body. It's not like you wake up one morning and it's gone. It's like a tire. You don't want to wait till your tire is completely empty to fill it up with air. You want to keep it nice and consistent. So we like to get people on more of like a six to eight month come for a touch up. You're always going to have a consistent look and you'll always look good and maintain your look. What about people who get Botox for migraine, TMJ or excessive sweating? I was on a soap opera and one of my co-stars had Botox for excessive sweating. And then unbeknownst to her, her face started sweating excessively. And then the makeup department was like, now it's even worse than if you sweat from your armpits. (laughs) And for me, I had a bonus side effect. I have terrible TMJ migraines and I didn't get it specifically for that when I got my Botox, but I amazingly had quite a bit of relief and they didn't even inject it in the specific places for that. Total bonus. And we hear that a lot from clients as well. Botox does have therapeutic use. That was how it was first discovered for cosmetics. So like many of these cosmetic drugs and procedures, they were discovered almost by accident because they were being used therapeutically. Botox has been studied in human beings as far back as 1978. It's used anywhere there's spastic activity. So children with cerebral palsy, there's an excessive blinking condition in your eye that can happen and Botox relaxes the blinking. So a ton of different uses. And it's funny you say the thing about the sweating. Botox is FDA approved for what's called hyperhidrosis, underarm excessive sweating. And when I was working for Allergan, because that's how I got my start in the business, I was actually working for the makers of Botox. That FDA approval came out. And so I wanted to try it. I'm not a super excessive sweater. I sweat a normal amount. I tried it and I was amazed. I went to the gym and I was like, oh my gosh, I kept touching under my armpit and I'm like, there's no sweat. But what was so weird is the circle outside of my armpit was super sweaty. It's got to go somewhere. Exactly right. Your coworker who had the sweating face issue, same thing. Your body has to excrete perspiration. It's the body's way of cooling itself down. So it is going to find a way out. My butt crack is one of the main places. (laughs) There you go. That is your main spot. If somebody is looking to have Botox in a non-cosmetic way for migraines, for TMJ, for sweating, would a place like Alchemy 43 be the right place to go? No, that's a great question. In a lot of cases, insurance will cover those uses because it is therapeutic. Okay. And so you do want to go to a specialist. Migraine headaches, for example, a neurologist could determine the best course of action, but Botox is definitely in their toolkit. My nose job doctor offered it for my migraines. Give us the rundown on other services that you provide at Alchemy 43. Our approach at Alchemy 43 around overall aesthetics is we offer a very specialized and curated range of services. And the idea is that if you do these five or six things on somewhat of a regular periodic cadence or some combination of the things that we offer, then you should really never have to do anything more invasive. You're always going to look natural. You're always going to look refreshed. The whole idea is to take what you already have that's already great and just make you feel great about it. 
I always say we're not about transformation or improvement. We're just about enhancing and augmenting what you already have. The idea is the selection of services covers the gamut of facial wellness in five categories, fine lines and wrinkles and wrinkle prevention. And we take care of that with Botox treatments. That's called Hello Bright Eyes at our locations. The next one would be deeper plain wrinkles or enhancing and augmentation of certain features that would be covered by hyaluronic acid fillers like Juvederm. The third area is overall skin radiance, skin glow and wellness. We take care of that with PRP, microneedling and Clear and Brilliant, another service that we recently added, which I'm obsessed with. What is that? It's a super gentle laser resurfacing treatment. So after you have any of these treatments that are like skin resurfacing, you expect downtime of healing and stuff. It's microscopic. So you can't even see it afterwards. I recently did my face, neck and decollete. I asked them to go pretty heavy. I was pretty red when I left that day. The next morning I woke up totally normal looking. The only way I could even know I had a service done over the next two weeks was that my skin felt like sandpaper to the touch, but you couldn't see it. It was completely microscopic. So I love that service. And then the other two areas, which we're actually working on adding right now are skin tightening. Maybe you guys have heard of Morpheus. Morpheus 8 is a big one. Forma, Profound. These are all these devices that do this skin tightening. And then the last one would be sunspots and sun damage. And that's something that can be covered with IPL or appeals. There's lots of different ways to address that. Those are the five categories of facial wellness. And those are the ways that we approach it at Alchemy 43. Can you give us a scheduling rundown if you've gotten an important event, whatever it is, what the lead in time for these procedures are so that your desired result is the best for the event? So while I mentioned before that none of these treatments have significant downtime, many of them do have a period of time in which the correction or the magic is happening. And so you're not going to have optimal results yet. Botox takes up to 14 days to fully kick in. So you might look weird for a day or two because one side responded quicker. There's all sorts of things that can happen within that two weeks. So you certainly, if you have an event coming up, you want to get your Botox at least two weeks ahead of that. And I would also say if it's your first time ever getting Botox, don't do it two weeks before a big event. Let's say you're getting married in six months and you know you want to have a nice smooth forehead for your wedding. Try it much sooner because you do want to get comfortable with it and just get used to it. See how your body reacts to it. Exactly. I would not suggest trying it for the very first time right before. Kim Kardashian had that one time bad reaction, but I'm sure she's continued. I would imagine that she's found her way back. I agree. So that's Botox. Filler gets fully optimal at about one month. There's a little bit more swelling with filler. There's a little more integration with the tissue that needs to happen. And I always find that when I get my filler done, that four week mark, I look in the mirror and I'm like, yes, I'm killing it. With something like microneedling, we always suggest as you're doing it for an upcoming event, you should do three different sessions of it, space six weeks apart. And I would do the last one, probably give yourself four weeks of recovery after that one or oh, three wow. weeks. I haven't done the math on this, but it's probably six months ahead. You should start with that microneedling package of three. People get out your day planners. Yeah. This was an important revelation when I finally talked to my injectables person. I thought it was like, we're going to get a good haircut. I know it takes at least a week for my haircut to ease in, but I didn't know. The other thing I would say, we do free, no strings attached consultation. You have an event coming up, just pop in. That's awesome. So how young is too young to start with injectables? I remember watching an episode of Vanderpump Rules or something, and Sheena said something along the lines of, I got Botox here and it's preventative. Then you also hear things, a 22-year-old girl will go in and be like, do I look younger? And they're like, no, you look like every other 22-year-old. So from your perspective, where do you land? For cosmetic use, certainly 18 and above, your body is still changing, your skin is still changing. So we won't treat anybody under 18. Botox, the way that it works, how it smooths the skin is by relaxing the muscle under the skin. And the way that you get wrinkles as we age is the collagen and hyaluronic acid in our bodies naturally depletes over time. So we're born with a finite amount of it. Botox relaxes the muscle so you're not using it. You're not going to get those wrinkles as you age if you're not using the muscle. That's the reason that wrinkles come in the first place. So you're eliminating that issue. So I'm going to ask you a personal question real quick. I have 11s. A, is it too late for me? Even resting, I have a line. And B, 
the cost on average for treating an area like that? There's two types of wrinkles. There's what we call static wrinkles, which are there when you're not doing anything. Dynamic wrinkles are, hey, when I make this face, I get this wrinkle. Dynamic wrinkles are easier to resolve because they are only when you make an expression. So if you stop making that expression, no wrinkle. It certainly doesn't mean that it's too late for you. You can get Botox and you will see a resolution of that static line. It just won't happen the first visit. Got it. Over time, you will see that go away. It just doesn't happen right away. On average, that area is FDA approved for about 20 units. 20 to 25 units is kind of standard in that area. The going rate nationally is probably around $14 a unit. I was going to say $425 roughly. I would say $350 to $450 is probably the right range. That's not bad. From my limited experience, I have one that stays from the 11s and I had a mixture of Botox and then right after that, I had a resurfacing facial and that one-two punch did it. And then when the Botox wore off, it came back. Some of the other Botox stuff, it was like my muscle relearned just not to do that thing, which was kind of nice. That's one of the other preventative benefits. So we've seen time and time again, women, primarily celebs or high wealth individuals that look overly filled or just too done. And that's always our main concern is we want to look refreshed. Like maybe we don't have children, but we don't really want to look done. We're all afraid of that. Botox has gone through a whole evolution and fillers as well of being very stigmatized at the beginning. You never told a soul that you got it. It was a very hush-hush secret to now being a very open thing that people discuss and talk about. Cases of bad work. The worst work is noticed and the best work goes unnoticed. You don't get credit. It's like parenting. Yeah. 100%. With this, more than anything, it's your provider. It's getting the right care. There's a lot of reasons that people have for getting these types of treatments done. The reason that we want is, hey, I want to look and feel my best and I want to live my best life. That's the best reason to do these treatments. If you think it's going to save your marriage, this is not going to do that. And there are people that seek out repeated cosmetic procedures because they believe that that's what they need to do to stay relevant. And it's really unfortunate. And it does not generally work out that way. So the point being is go to a provider or a place that you really trust. Go to somebody who will tell you, no, that is not the right service for you. There isn't a specific hot zone. Everybody's face is different, but you do want to be under the care of a place that takes your face and your health responsibly and says, you know what? We're not going to fill your lips anymore. They are fully filled. We're not going to add any more right now because you can get a little dysmorphic sometimes. There's people that can look in the mirror and just not see it. When you look at Courtney Cox and she's come out and said this, so I'm not saying anything bad. Over the course of Friends, you can see that midway towards the end, she is peak gorgeous. She has had these little tweaks done and then all of a sudden she looked like a different person. We always cite Blake Lively. May we all age like Blake Lively. Or Helen Mirren. You think Helen Mirren has had some tweaking? She totally has, but she looks awesome. Yeah, she does look really good. She looks beautiful. I think the celebrities that we think look good but are aging well have had stuff done. They just have had the right stuff in the right quantities over the right amount of time. Yes. To me, that comes from good, responsible medical care. Somebody saying to them, yes, this is the right thing to do or no, this is not. On that note, obviously, everyone should visit Alchemy 43, which we can do here in New York City. Those of you in LA can also do. But for those listeners who are in the middle of the country and don't have access to an Alchemy 43, the hot mama in Minnesota who needs a little tweak, what should she look for in a medical practitioner? What are your tips for them? The things to look for if you're looking for a great, responsible provider for these treatments is number one, check out reviews and check out their Instagram page. Places now are really doing a beautiful job with showcasing their work on these platforms. It will give you a sense for the style of the practice. And then when you actually go in, I love the idea of going in for a free consultation. You don't need to make a decision today. The types of questions you want to ask the provider and the establishment is how commonplace are these treatments here? Let's use Botox as an example. How many Botox treatments do you do a week? You want that answer to be robust. You want to go to a provider that does these treatments all day long because I can tell you it's the best way to become an 
expert and really understand what their approach is. They should also be asking you a lot of questions about what your goals are. A good consultation should be interactive. The other thing that happens in this industry a lot is people do their homework, but they almost do their homework too much. They'll come in and say, my friend got 20 units. I want 20 units. Well, your friend's facial anatomy is totally different than yours. We are medical professionals. You've got to trust us to pick the right dosing for you. That's going to give you the result. You don't want to go in and dictate. You want to make sure that you're talking to somebody who can dose you properly. And then the other thing I would say, if you're getting treated by a practitioner for the very first time, Botox is a biologic. When it's injected into your skin, we're going to do the very best that we can to put it in all the right areas, but you're a human being. You might have a stronger muscle on one side than the other. Everybody reacts differently to these treatments. You have to allow for some margin of error and some margin of learning. And the worst thing you could do is go to a place once, have a treatment, and then let's say you're not happy with your results. You never go back and you go somewhere else and you start over there. They can't learn you. Find a provider that can tell you, let's see you back in two weeks after your treatment. If you're not happy with anything, we'll correct it for free. We'll do whatever we need to do to make it look how we want it to look. As we're learning you, we have to see how your muscles react to these treatments. And that way we know. And then the next time you come, we know, hey, Carrie's stronger on one side of her face. So we're going to dose her a little bit more heavily this time on the right side. A provider that's seeing you for the first time won't know that. I do really recommend finding a provider that you have that kind of relationship with that you can call and say, hey, it's not settling right. I want to come in and get a touch up. And then we'll know for next time. That's an A plus tip right there. We ask all of our moms this. What is the number one thing that you think parents should outsource, of course, if they have the means available to do so? Having time for yourself as an individual is really important. I think it makes you a better parent and occasional care of your child. If you work and you have a full-time nanny, it's having a babysitter twice a week for date night or going out with your friends. If you completely lose yourself outside of your child, eventually that child is going to grow up and they're going to have a mom that has no life. Nikki, you have been a wealth of information. Oh, thank you. Tell everyone where they can find all the things. I'm Nikki Levy, the CEO of Alchemy 43. We have locations in Los Angeles and New York City. We will be opening later this year in Upper East Side in New York City, as well as Dallas, Houston, and Newport Beach. Please come see us. We're very excited to take great care of you. Please follow us at Alchemy43 on Instagram, and we're also on TikTok. You guys don't know this, but I am a voracious reader. Just kidding. You do know that. Recently, I've been really attracted to a bunch of articles about how to connect with your kids. We did one two weeks ago about connecting with your teenager. And this one, sort of on the same lines from the New York Times, poses the question, should parents be playing video games with their kids? Right, because it's the whole concept of video games promote violence. They're not good for kids. It's screen time. The article is really a jumping off point for me of this conversation because... One, I think it's a no-brainer. Anything you do with your kid is good because you're making time to do something with your kid. I mean, as long as you're not out there just like murdering. The family that murders together stays together. Yeah, it's just good all around. You're meeting your kid in a mutual setting and doing something with your kid. And we all know this, especially from having toddlers. When a toddler, and I think it's all kids in general, but I can really only speak to toddlers because that's kind of what we have. Although I feel like she's not a toddler anymore. What do you call that, young adult? No, I think young adult is like a teenager. Adolescent? I think just a kid. Okay, my kid. They do a lot of their sharing while playing. They don't really like to sit down and just like, let's have a talk and share. It's mostly done while they're playing. Whether it's playing with toys and they do pretend scenarios or just the chatter that happens when you're doing something else. And so I think that's a really great thing about playing video games with your kids is you're playing the video game, but then your kid's going to share their day, share their feelings. And it's just an opportunity to kind of get that FaceTime 
with them. Let's pose some questions. Ashley, do you play video games? I mean, I have in my life, but not usually, no. You know what it is? I don't like things I'm not good at, and I'm not very good at video games. Is Matt a video game person? Well, we tried to get, I forget what they called it, the Nintendo thing that hooks right into the TV and it's the old school games. We bought that because Matt really wanted it. I got it for him for Christmas one year, and he was super, super excited. And then he played it like two times, so we sold it. But he loves his SimCity. Him and Sebastian play SimCity together, where they build a city and work on the infrastructure and money and all that stuff. Is that on a computer or on a phone? iPad. They play that together, and usually Sebastian will play Minecraft and talk to me about it. So I'll sit with him. I won't play it. Honestly, have you tried these video games on the iPad? Some of them. I've sort of tried Minecraft. It's not my thing, but I've tried those. I mean, I can't speak to Minecraft, but a lot of these other games, we pay for Apple Arcade, which is like $5 a month, and you get really good video games. And some of these games are very hard. There's a Floor is Lava game that Sebastian loves that is so hard to maneuver. So I just watch. But I'll talk to him about it. He'll be like, Mama, look at this. You see this, Mama? I was super into video games. So I saved up all my money. And when the first Nintendo gaming system came out, I got it. Oh, yeah. When I was little, I did. I brought it with me everywhere. So I would travel with my video game. Would you have a Game Boy? No. I mean, I did have a Game Boy. The big. The old school console. Yeah. I would travel with it. That's how much I loved it. I would bring it places. All the Mario, Zelda, everything. Paperboy. I really loved everything. Olympic games, extreme games. I was really into it. I had Sega Genesis. I have played Sega, obviously. I think I gave my brother that gaming system, which I regret because he broke it immediately. When I was a bartender, my friend got a new Nintendo with a balance board situation. And we had game night at our house. The Wii? Yeah. I had a Wii. That was fun. Once a week, we would watch Real Housewives of New Jersey, and then we would get plastered and play Dance Dance Revolution or some weird dance game at our house. I will tell you, I miss DDR. We would cook a dinner. We would bring our dogs because our dogs were best friends and we would just drink it. It was inexpensive, super fun. She's one of my best friends because we did these things every week. As always, you're here to surprise me because I didn't know you had such a video gaming history, my friend. Lee and I on many a date night will go to an arcade. Yes, we used to do that pre-Sebastian days. There was a movie theater in Edgewater that's no longer there and we would get there extra early and play video games before the movie yeah. and we had such a great time doing that. On a whole, I don't like shoot 'em games. I do. I like Big Buck Hunter a lot. I have a lot of fun with that game, but I have no interest in hunting in real life. I like Area 51, which is the hunting the aliens one. That's one that you play at like Dave and Buster's. Yeah, they had it at my college in the rec center and you could use your food card to play it and I would not eat breakfast and lunch so I could play the video game. I just never knew this about you. I am a multifaceted gleaming gem. Aren't you though? Or like an onion, a sour you peel and there's just another layer there. Next you're going to tell me you love football. I do not. Thank God. When we took family vacations this last summer during COVID where we rented a big house and didn't see anyone but our family got together, my sister and my brother brought video games. That was the first time Luna had ever played a video game. She was not very good at it and she's very competitive so I was hesitant to do another video game with her and she's too smart for me to get 
give her the controller that doesn't work. This article made me want to circle back and do video games, try them again. I feel like now she might have the skill, the hand-eye coordination to do it, but I'm definitely not going to do any shoot 'em up games. She likes Mario Kart, which is super fun. So Sebastian has an iPad. It's his favorite thing in the world, so much so that's now what we're using as bribery this year. He is so good at video games, and I will tell you, he is a very advanced reader, and I do believe that a lot of that is because of his video games, believe it or not. The fact that he's playing these games, none of which are shoot 'em games. He loves a driving game. He loves an adventure, Mario-type game, Minecraft. Playing those games on his own, he's had to learn how to read, hit exit, hit enter, do stuff like that. So I really do think that there are advantages to video games. I will say when he was about a year and a half, maybe two years, my brother-in-law was here, who's a police officer. He was on his iPad. This was way before Sebastian ever played video games and was playing a shooting game. What am I going to do? Stop other people from playing games that they want to play? So Sebastian came up behind him and was watching and then started running around like doing finger guns. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. One of the things that I found interesting about that article was one dad saying he and his wife have different beliefs in shooting games. Me personally, I do believe you can play a shooting game and have absolutely zero interest in ever shooting a gun. I am one of those people. I think a shooting game is occasionally fun and I have no interest in shooting anything. I've never shot a gun. I'm good. However, mental health is a big issue. Who knows what you're playing into? And there's so many great games you don't need shooting games. Certain development times. Yes. Too young. Luna is like, is Bluey real? And I'm like, no, it's a cartoon. Can I meet Bluey? No. I feel like these times where she's trying to figure out what is real and what is not real, shooting someone in a game, I don't think she'll be able to discern real and not real. It's a desensitizing almost. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not offering anyone what I think you should do with your kids. I'm just saying on my point, I think especially when we consider how many mass shootings are happening with children or young people behind a gun, the last thing I want is my son to be desensitized to the idea that shooting someone kills them. That's what a video game does. So I think that's a matter of personal choice, but I don't think he's going to be playing games like that until he's a teenager. My mom was always very sensitive about the gun thing. Always. We never could play with guns. Well, because that's at the time when we would come home from school and have PSAs about kids shooting other kids because they were playing with their parents' guns. But back in my day, the kids' guns looked like real guns. Right. They weren't hot orange or whatever. They were black toy guns. But my mom was like really particular about it. And in fact, I didn't play any shooting games until I was in high school. And I was maybe nine years old and I was at my dad's and they had a photon center where you could play like laser tag photon. Oh, uh uh-huh. I had never played a shooting game really. And I'm a very sensitive person. I had a full-on panic attack at the photon place. I hid. I was like, I don't care if I get points. I don't want to die. That's a little extreme. I mean, I liked the idea of photon, but I had never shot anything. So on this same note, hashtag swag bag. I'm going to hashtag swag bag Lee's sister Debbie's company, Annapurna Films, their video game division. Debbie is the head of it. So she left Sony and started Annapurna, the video game division. And oh, no way. And she has won multiple BAFTA awards about her video games. Cool. I didn't know this. Yeah. And the main thing of Annapurna is it's a female-run company, and they do female-positive, primarily story games. So they're not shoot 'em up games, and they 
specifically promote positive female role models. All their games are so good that they've won major awards. Whoa. My swag bag is any video game by Annapurna. I really like Wild, Sayonara Wild Hearts. And one of the characters from that one is named Luna Mars after Luna. That's so cute. There are so many good games. Florence is so good. The Lost Wild, Sayonara Wild Hearts Club. Sayonara Wild Hearts Club is about a female girl biker gang. It's set up like a jukebox. It's so fun. Annapurna Interactive video games. That's my swag bag. That's a great swag bag. Okay, so my hashtag swag bag, the Elf Holy Hydration Makeup Melting Cleansing Balm. It is a mouthful. The link is in our show notes as usual. My mom is human like us and falls victim to TikTok targeting and bought the pharmacy makeup removing balm cream business. And she was like, oh, you got to try this. And I tried it and I was like, oh, this is really good. But also I have been using this Elf version that's $11.99 from Target. It is the best. I have had such good skin since I used this. I just melt it all and then double cleanse. So good. So if you want a good makeup remover that doesn't break the bank, is really consistent, is non-comedogenic. Did I say that right? I don't know. It doesn't cause pimples from what I can tell. The Elf Holy Hydration Makeup Melting Cleansing Balm is the way to go. And may I say you look beautiful today, Ashley. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So do you. And may I say to you, listener, I don't see you, but you look beautiful too. Bye, guys. Stay safe. Goodbye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Herring-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or mamadramaband.com. 